Good evening, everybody. We are here with our Q&A 139, if I'm right, session 139. We once again want to thank God for this opportunity. We're right in the middle of the 10th month, October the 15th. Mm. Got questions from everywhere. And we'll start with the questions that were left from the previous weeks. And then we'll go to the questions that came in today. So before that, we'll look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord, that you are our Father. God, our Father is God. And all power, authority, dominion is in your hands and is with you, Lord. Help us to stand firm in faith in everything, Lord, wherever your children are now. I pray they will stand steadfast. For the world is passing away. But he who does the will of God will be there forever and ever, O Lord. And I pray to that end, even some of the questions and the answers will edify your children. Mm, yes, Lord. For every time the word of God goes forth, let there be an edification, O Lord. A strengthening of your church. Thank you, thank you, Father. We come in ourselves this time. Into thy hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, we'll start with question number one. This was one of the questions that we left last time. It says, the Lord chastens those he loves. The important thing we have to learn is that when the Lord corrects us, unless we wholly repent, the judgment will come. Would you agree with me? Unfortunately, many of us, including me, have not learned the blessedness, the glory, and the benefits of bearing chastisements in the right spirit. Would you agree? Those who accepted chastening received blessings. Of course. <laughs> and uh, I would like to give the, the most uh, drastic case. I mean, the unbelievable case would be from yes. Manasseh. Yes. Like... Uh, it is sin. It is unbelievable that Second uh, Chronicles chapter thirty-three and verse ten onwards, the Lord spoke to Manasseh. Okay, but before that, let us read uh, from verse uh, one onwards. Didn't he see what this guy did? Mm -hmm. Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king and he reigned 55 years in Jerusalem. Boy, <laughs> think about it. He's the lo longest, I believe. Longest, the wickedest became the longest reigning king. <laughs> and he did evil in the sight of the Lord according to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. For he rebuilt the high places which Ezekiah, his father, had broken down. He raised up the altars for the Baals, made wooden images, and worshipped all the hosts of heaven. He left nothing and served them. He also built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, In Jerusalem shall my name be forever. He built altars for all the hosts of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. And he caused his sons to pass through the fire in the valley of the son of Hinnom, he practiced soothsaying, used witchcraft and sorcery, consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. 
He even said a carved image, the idol which he made in the house of God, which God said to David and to Solomon his son, in this house in Jerusalem which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, I will put my name forever. And I will not again remove the foot of Israel from the land which I have appointed for your fathers, only if they are careful to do all that I have commanded them, according to the whole law and the statutes and the ordinances by the hand of Moses. So Manasseh seduced Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to do more evil than the nations whom the Lord had destroyed before the children of Israel. This is Manasseh. And the Lord spoke to Manasseh and his people, but they would not listen. Now the chastening begins. It's a scourging. Therefore, the Lord brought upon them the captains of the army of the king of Assyria, who took Manasseh with hooks, bound him with bronze fetters, and carried him off to Babylon. Now, when he was in affliction, he implored the Lord his God and humbled himself greatly before the God of his fathers and prayed to him. And he received his entreaty and heard his supplications and brought him back to Jerusalem into his kingdom. Then Manasseh knew that the Lord was God. Yes. And after this, he built a wall outside the city of David on the west side of Gihon in the valley, as far as the entrance of the fish gate. It enclosed Ophel and he raised it to the very great height. Then he pulled military captains in all the fortified cities. This is what we're talking about. The, the abominations, the chastisement, the repentance, and now the blessings of restoration. Okay? He put military. He took away foreign gods, the idol from the house of the Lord, and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord in Jerusalem. He cast them out of the city. He also repaired the altar of the Lord, sacrificed peace offerings, thank offerings on it, commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people still sacrifice on the high places, but only to the Lord their God. And the rest of the acts of Manasseh, his prayer to God, and the words of the seers who spoke to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, indeed they are written in the book of the kings of Israel. <laughs> so this answers the blessedness of chastisement. Okay, And David would say in his Psalm 119, until I was afflicted, I went, afflicted, I went astray. But I was blessed, he said, mm. to be chastised. So chastisement, the only thing is that when it comes... How do we react to it? Mm. How do we react to it? You know, Ahab and all didn't react well to it. Even three and a half years of famine did not change his heart. He looked at Elijah as the troubler of Israel. And when he kills Naboth and when he comes to confront him, he still comes and says, what trouble of Israel have you? But then he repents for a season. God holds his anger back. And then again, he goes his old way and God destroys him. So that is the thing. Let's go back to the question, the last part that is there. Many of us, the glory and the benefits of bearing chastisement in the right spirit, would you agree? Those who accepted chastening received blessing but those who did not hmm. even Ahab ultimately was destroyed. Manasseh was not. You need to realize. Okay, If you look at the wickedness of Manasseh was more than the wickedness of Ahab. Ahab. Hmm. But Manasseh turned around and he didn't go back. So at the end of it, then you need to realize, unlike Ahab, Manasseh had a spiritual heritage. He had a godly father. That matters. That matters. Mm. Sometimes you leave a spiritual inheritance to your children and they do not realize what is following them. It's the blessings that is following them. But Ahab did not have that. 
No, so these are these are all things in the spiritual realm which we need to understand. What we pass on to our children, we can pass on curses, we can pass on blessings. And Hezekiah was a very godly man, very godly man, and uh, his prayers are famous in the Bible. And though Manasseh went away for quite a season, but when he returned, he returned with all his heart, and he lived long, mm. lived long. Okay, so looking at that, if you take the evil period off, looking at that, Hezekiah's prayer being answered was a good thing because Manasseh was the longest ruling king in Judah's history. So long, long, longer than David and all. Okay, he, uh, 55 years. So let us say he was given over to wickedness 15 years. They still got 40 years of good rule. Okay, so that's how it works. It really works. Hmm. We have to accept chastening in the good spirit. And the good spirit is given in Hebrews 12. Whom he loves, he chastens. That is the key. And you have to realize that's a mark of mark of love. Nice. God loved David and Manasseh comes from that line. And he loves Manasseh. And he always sent warnings. And when they ignored warning after warning, chastening came. And then when chastening comes, when they repent, God restores. That's who God is. He does it all because he loves us and he wants to conform us to the image of his son, his image. That is the whole thing. That's so ultimately, eternally, it is working out our good mm. because that image matters. Yes, Pastor Vijay. So there's some very fundamental questions. Uh, I, I think you should look at them uh, before we go to the rest. Yeah. Uh, this is question number four and five together. We'll look at them. We'll look at all the questions and you can take them okay. one. I hope you're listening, children. I think this is from Chirisi Ranchi. Uh, you can, I think so, yeah. You can take them one by one once we'll go through, go through all of them. Uh, it says, come, can someone receive salvation without them knowing that they have received salvation? Can someone receive gift of tongues without being baptized in water, I believe? Uh, that's what they mean. How does one know he or, he or she is saved by the grace of the Lord? How does one behave when they speak in tongues? Can a person receive a gift of tongues without being baptized? Can a person receive a gift of tongues without receiving salvation? A person who has been baptized, can he or she be called born again? Okay, these are all very, I mean, kind of, kind of related questions. Related questions. Mm. Let's go to the first one. Can someone receive salvation without them knowing they have received salvation? I do think so. Mm. It mm. is possible because what happens is this entire question about what salvation is, salvation is, uh, is you grow in your salvation, right? You grow in your salvation, like. Um, I would try to use a physical example from our world. Look, today morning, Shrikant and Sopna bought, brought their little baby. She's four and a half months old. Sakshi Judith to be prayed over. And the question is, she's born, she's alive. But is she aware? No. no. She's not aware. Yeah. She does not have awareness of what life really is. Mm. But she's alive. For the parents... She's alive. But to herself, she does not understand what life is. Yes. Just mm. In the same way, I can look back 30 years, 34 years ago when I was born again. I did not understand the kingdom of God at all. I didn't understand the Bible. I didn't understand the kingdom of God. 
But looking back, I was born again. Yes. I was born again. And then as I started growing, mm-hmm. growing, that is how the kingdom life started making sense. In the same way, when you're born in the flesh, born in, in this world, you are alive. But nothing makes any sense because your mind is not registering it because there's no information there. But as the information starts getting in, you start understanding yourself and you start understanding the world in the same way when you're born again, unless you come from a very strong Christian background, like Apostle Paul. Okay, Apostle Paul, when he was born again, he's coming from an enormously powerful Judaic background. So everything makes sense in a second. But if you are a person who does not come from that background, where your background with scripture like me was born again, Bible is blank. There's no Bible there in your mind. Just one or two stuff which you have heard. But it's kind of blank. When you hear about Jesus and you follow the what you have heard, you repent, whatever you understand of repentance, you believe, ask Jesus to come, something happens. Okay? But then as what happens is you are born from one kingdom into another kingdom. But when the knowledge of this kingdom starts coming in, then you start understanding your life mm. and what you are in that kingdom. And it starts making sense and you grow in it. So it is possible to receive salvation without them knowing they have received salvation. But it will not remain like that all your life. There will be a point very soon when you will realize the kingdom has come in and you are part of the kingdom. That is not a permanent state. That is only an initial state because what happens, the paths diverge. Paths diverge. Okay, it is not. It is like the baby that was in the womb that came out. Though when it comes out, it does not have much awareness, but it has come out of literally out of darkness into light. light. Into light. Yes. Now it's trying to understand mm. and love in this new place, which is a place of light. So taking understanding light takes time, but it's no longer in darkness. It is not in the womb. It is outside. In the same way, you are not there. You have come into something, but you are trying to understand the kingdom. Second question over there is, can someone receive the gift of tongues without being baptized? Definitely, it is there in the Bible. Mm-hmm. It is there in the Bible. When the Holy Spirit came upon, let's give scripture, so that people, and children, this is the mm. first time the gospel is going to the non-believers. Acts chapter 10, it is in a place called, uh, uh, he says, um, somewhere, uh, this is Caesarea, there was this man, and but he sent, uh, he sees a vision and he's told to get um, Peter and Peter comes. And Peter is in that house, it's an unbeliever's house. Verse 44. Onwards. While Peter was still speaking these words, okay, these are all Gentiles, they're hearing about Jesus Christ for the first time, nobody has been baptized, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word, and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. Why? As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, Gentiles also. Look at the next words. How? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify oh God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone yes. forbid water that they should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. 
So that is how you have the, actually, when salvation comes to the Gentiles, the first time it is said they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues before they were baptized in water. So that question is scripturally answered. And the same thing can happen even today too. Somebody goes into a meeting, gets saved, the anointing was so powerful, they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they start speaking in tongues, prophesying everything, and then pastor goes and baptizes them. No, so that can, that can happen, but that is not always the order. It's not always the order, but it can happen. How does one know he, she is saved by the grace of God? Something happens inside. It's a spiritual reality. It's mm-hmm. not a physical reality. It is a spiritual reality. You have been born again from one kingdom, the kingdom of this world, darkness, into the kingdom of God. You have been born again. But there are signs. There are signs. And those signs are vital. And those signs are what we call have to be taken care of. When a, I mean, we have explained it so many times. When a baby is born, the first thing that the parents I mean, if the baby is born, the first thing is that the baby is breathing. That's the first sign of life. And that's why almost every baby, when they are born, usually they cry. Mm. And you know, it's good. Baby is alive. Okay. <clears throat> the second thing you do with the baby, I mean, you do with the baby is, the baby is fed. It's given milk, the mother's milk. Okay. So because... There is a hunger for that milk and the milk has to be given. And the Bible says to drink the pure milk that is the word of God. And these are fundamental things which you have to see. That if a person is born again and you feed them the milk, they will take it and they will start taking it. But if a person is not born again, that interest for the word of God cannot be sustained. Because a person is dead. Hmm. The word of God is spirit. It's a religious people who read the word of God, but that is a religion. That was there before they were born again. We're not talking about hmm. that. It's just a discipline. discipline. We're not talking about that. We are talking about, he said, the child, you don't have to teach the child to drink milk. You don't need to give it a lecture. It's automatically attracted to it because it knows its life is connected to that. Hmm. So once you're born again, yes, the mother has to feed the baby. But the baby on its own starts feeding on the mother. So in the same way, once you're born again, the word of God. But remember, when a child is born again or a person is born again, you don't give them meat, you give them milk. So that is one of the signs of being born again. Second thing about being born again is that the company changes. Okay, Because you're born again into a family. Like every child is born again into a family. Yes. And people can be born again outside families also. That is also genuine life. That's why you have orphanages, street children and all that. But you know, there is a problem when they are born that way. They don't grow properly. Though they are born, though those children are alive, they will have all kinds of problems in life. So that is an issue. So if a person is born again, it is fundamental to the person who ministered to that person to get them into the kingdom to see that the child is attached to a family of God, a genuine family of God, so that that 
family nurtures. Every baby that is born into a home with their parents, siblings, grows normally. Otherwise, there is an abnormality in that growth mm. until that child finds adopted and finds like we see how Charan has, mm. <laughs> our young boy Charan is a hero, right? But what happened? How did he become that? How did he become that? Because he got into a family. Mm. He got into family. When he came to us, how was he? He changed because he came into a kind of a home. Okay, so there was protection, there was care, there was instruction. But when he came, there. He came off the streets and he was used for begging and he was a tormented kid and he had to go through all kind of therapy and surgery and everything until he was fixed and then he started learning. He was very very keen on so many things and then he got adopted and went to a family in US. Now he has a father and a mother and a brother and a younger sister and the boy just took off. So the question is when he was found uh, Begging in the streets of Nalgonda, if I'm right, wasn't he alive? Yes. Was his life normal? No. No. Then when he came to us, did it did it become better? Yes. Yes. But again, he was in a home with many children without a father and a mother literally watching over him. So there were still limitations. But the minute he was adopted and went under a loving father and a mother with everything they had, he just took off. So these are things that we need to. So a person may be born again, like I was born again. For 10 years, I did not have a church. I was not born again in a church. I was born again through a youth ministry, which never took me to church. So for years, I wandered. But if I did not have the discipline which God in his providence had given me, of the discipline of reading, and God supernaturally had not led to me these kind of people to read, those 10 years, I would have wandered. I would have wandered. I would have just wandered because no church, no saints who have gone before me to minister through me through books, nothing would have mm. been there. I would have just have been wandering. Because I did not come, I came from a Catholic family, but without any background of Christianity. Mm. That's the difference. Pastor Vijayan all comes from a believing family where they brought them up with that church and Bible, this thing. And I had nothing. No Bible. I never read my Bible. Bible was never read in the home. It was kept very regally on the top, but it was never touched. Never touched. I never touched that Bible. I still have the Bible with me. Never touched it. We never read it. Because when my father passed away, nobody wanted the Bible. I am the only one who was saved. So I took the Bible. Everybody took different things. I took the Bible. <laughs> because by then I was saved. Okay, so that's how it works. So this is there. This is there. Again, the third thing we have said is that a child has born. It drinks milk. It's in a good family. But what happens if the child doesn't move its limbs? The parent starts panicking, mm. right? So that's where exercise comes in. And that is why there is one exercise prescribed in the word of God. If that person has to grow, walk by faith. Right. You have to teach that person to walk by faith. Walking is mandated in the kingdom of God to grow. My righteous shall walk by faith and not sight. So that's how you will actually know you are born again. You are born again. But you need to know you are born again. You need to grow in your salvation. And these things are all fundamental. But above all, it is the Spirit of God. Mm. Romans 8 says, 
It is the spirit of God. Let's go there. That's how you know. Romans chapter 8. Mm-hmm. Verse 15. Which cries out, Abba Father. Yes. Yeah. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by which we cry out, Abba Father. There is something inside you know when you call him father. Before that, you never called him father. Hmm. You never called him father. Even if you did, it was just a term you never understood. But once you got saved and you call him father, it is coming from inside as a response, knowing that God is my father. And the fear is gone. Because that's the thing. When you're born again, what goes is fear is gone. There may fear about oh, judgment and all, but there's no fear of going to hell. You can call him father and go to hell. Mm-hmm. You know, the mm. spirit is calling through you. That's your dad. Okay, so even if he spanks you, take it with a smile. He means good. Okay, that is what changes. Ultimately, the proof, like I said, the proof of salvation is the spirit of God. If you go to verse 9 of chapter 8 and verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. Mm. That is the key. The key is the spirit of God. And it's here called the spirit of Christ. Let's go to 1 John again to confirm it. Okay. 1 John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. And this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. And he who does not have the son of God does not have life. So the same thing is used in different words. You have the son of God. You have the Holy Spirit. You have the spirit of Christ. These are the different terms meaning the same thing. What you receive is the spirit of God. The spirit of God is the spirit of Christ also. That's the person who comes in. That's how you are born again. Through him you call him Abba Father. And he who has the Son has life. life. Mm. That's a proof of salvation. Let's go to the next one in that. How does one behave? How does one behave when they speak in tongues? They just behave properly. <laughs> <laughs> but these are all very uh, yeah. interesting questions actually yes, because yeah. they have their, their doubts. Yeah, and doubts. How does one behave? Basically, I pr- they probably yeah. Let's go to First Corinthians. I think I get what this question yeah, yeah. 14. fourteen. First Corinthians chapter fourteen. Hmm? Yes, verse thirty-two and thirty-three. Okay, fourteen. I think this is where the question is coming mm. from. Thirty-two, thirty-three. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets, for the God is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. Can I have it in NIV? It's a little simpler. Because you see, when the Holy Spirit comes, you will see in the book of Acts, sometimes they speak in tongues, sometimes they prophesy. So the signs are like similar. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. So basically, when say when you are manifesting a spiritual gift, how should you behave? There should be order. Mm. There should not be disorder. There Mm. should be order. Okay, meaning God never takes his hand 
holds your will. He always gives you the freedom to stop anytime you yes. want. Yes. Mm. Okay. Demonic doesn't work like that. Mm. In the demonic, you lose control. The demons controlled. But when the Holy Spirit works through a person, he works through you, but you are always in control. So people cannot see, you know, I lost control. The Spirit of God took over. I had no control. It is not true according to Scripture. So when you are talking about behaving, the Bible is very, very clear about it. Very, very clear about it. You can stop anytime. Even when you have manifestations like laughing in the Spirit and all, you can stop anytime. Because I've gone through it all. And whenever I wanted, I could stop it. Mm. I've laughed in the Spirit. I've rolled. I've done all these things I have gone through in my early stages. And I always found that the Spirit was in control. My Spirit was in control. Mm. God didn't overrule my will at all. Because He gave it and He honors it. That's what it is talking about. So I guess that was the question. And then go to the next one. Uh, this is actually uh, actually the next, person, next question. Can a person receive a gift of tongues without receiving salvation? Because the previous one... Yeah, without being baptized? Yes. yes already done, yeah. Can a person receive a gift of tongues without receiving salvation? No. Yes. In the yeah. Gentile temple. Yeah, yeah, demonic. Yeah, yeah. In the demonic yeah, realm, yes, yes. There are tongues on the other side too. Mm. Prophecies on the other side too. So be very, very careful where your tongues are from. <laughs> all these gifts are there even healing gifts are there in the temples and the darga all these things are there on the other side the big one which we have in Sekandarabad twice a once a year that lady and that fellow prophesies and speaks in tongues no? so hmm. all these things can happen on the other side so the question is but if that person meant can a person receive gift of tongues without being baptized, yes. But without being saved, no. 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 The original, so, no. Because when the Spirit comes, salvation comes. Yes, yeah, comes it should be born of, of the Spirit of first. The born of, of the, the Spirit. spirit and then this only these signs happen. Mm. It is like uh, asking, can a child breathe before it is born? Uh, no, it has to be born first. Mm. Like even conceived in the mother's womb before it can breathe, right? Because they all go together. A person who has been baptized, can she, can he or she be called born again? No. No. You have to be born again to be baptized. baptized. You cannot be baptized and be born, born again. again. No. There is no such procedure in the Bible. The Bible procedure, it is you hear, you believe, you repent, you confess, you're born again, and those who are born again are the ones who are baptized. Throughout the book of um, book of Acts and let's go to Mark chapter 16, 15 if I'm right 14 and 15 maybe he said to them yeah 15 he said to them all the world go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation next verse 16 whoever believes and is baptized will be saved so belief comes before baptism but whoever does not will be condemned even if they are baptized Okay. Okay. Otherwise, what Jesus see, baptism should follow faith. Okay, believing is a faith. Faith is where it all begins. Faith is the what you call the starts of everything. So, if somebody gets baptized and does not believe, then that person is not saved. Mm-hmm. That's why there is no child baptism or baby baptism in our churches. Because what happens is, by dedicating itself, a baby is not saved. Mm. You're only 
offering the ba- God baby to God and believing that one day God will touch this baby and the baby will grow up and hear and get saved. And by the faith of the parents, the child has been set apart. So everything is going for the baby. That still does not mean the baby will be get will get saved unless when he grows up, he or she makes a choice to believe. So whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe, even if they are baptized, will be condemned. So condemnation, escaping condemnation comes from believing in the work of Jesus Christ. And then comes part two, which is baptism. You look at Acts chapter two, that's the same thing that with Cornelius, the jailer, with the Ethiopian eunuch, everywhere it is the same, procedure is the same. They heard, they believed, and they were baptized. That's how it happened. And only in Cornelius' house, because they were Gentiles and all the ministering people are Jewish believers, Judaizers, what happened is that God knew they already had a block because they thought salvation was only for them. Mm. So he let the Spirit fall upon them first. And when they start manifesting the gifts of the Spirit, prophesying and speaking in tongues, Peter threw up his hands and said, okay, we stop. Because the way God is dealing with them is exactly the, the way, way he dealt, dealt with, with us. So God, and that's what he had shown him in the vision. What God has cleansed, do not call them unclean. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Pastor, there's another question which is very closely related to this. This is again uh, related to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This is question number eight, okay? So I think it came today. Hmm. The history of the Christian church is two Sundays. The first is Resurrection Sunday. The, se- the second is Pentecost, Pentecost Sunday. John's Gospel chapter 20 verse 22 on Resurrection Sunday, Jesus appeared to the apostles in the group for the first time after his resurrection. He breathed on them, said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Then on Pentecost Sunday, Peter explained that it was Christ after his ascension who has poured out the Holy Spirit on the waiting disciples in Acts chapter 2 and verse 33. The experience of the apostles demonstrate that salvation or the new birth, the baptism in the Holy Spirit are two distinct and separate experiences. Question. The book of Acts discloses that the two experiences are normally separate. Would you help help me understand the two experiences which are separate, please? The two experiences usually, normally are separate, but also can happen simultaneously. Mm. Like it happened in Cornelius' house. It happened simultaneously. So it does not always have to be separate. But usually in experience, for most people, it happens as two distinct experiences. It can be together, it can be close, it can be like far apart. Depending, now basically depending upon through whose ministry were you born again. That is primary. Okay. Because if you are in a ministry like you you are born again, in a Baptist kind of a church who do not believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit as a secondary experience, then you are not going to receive it. You are never going to speak in tongues. You are never going to manifest any of the gifts because that is their doctrine. Ultimately, doctrine will determine your destiny. It will, what you receive and what you don't receive. So many of the mainline churches, the Baptists or the Methodists and the Presbyterians and all, do not believe this has two experiences and they refuse to accept uh, uh, these gifts. And the the words they use is from First um, Corinthians chapter 13. This is what they say, First Corinthians chapter 13. 
When the prophet comes. Verse 8. Yeah. Hmm. And verse 10. 8 to 10. Love never fails. Where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. We know in part, we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect imperfect disappears. Hmm. So their take is that the perfect has come, which (laughs) is the word of God. It is complete. Now we don't need any of those things. Before the word of God came, we needed all these things. We needed visions, we needed dreams, we needed prophecies, we needed tongues, all that. That was only a stopgap arrangement until the canon was there. The word of God has come. And now it has come, all these things have passed away. But the whole idea is that we understand the word of God has come, we understand the supremacy of the word of God, but the gifts have not passed away. Hmm. It cannot pass away. Because in that case, the whole thing is that, um, has knowledge passed away? No. Everything should be applied to everything. Everything should be applied to everything. everything. It's still Hmm. needed. Hmm. It's still needed. Okay, even the apostles needed it. No, they all needed it. Then, if Paul had all the knowledge in the world and he is through whom the canon was mostly written, why did he have to pray in tongues? Yeah, it doesn't make sense what I said. I understand where they are coming from, but it is misinterpretation of scripture, and therefore, what happens is they take this away. So there are two Sundays, Resurrection Sunday and uh, and uh, Pentecost. Pentecost. Resurrection Sunday is when they are born again. He had told them, until, until you are born of water and spirit. The water there was the word of God. And he had told them in John 15.3, you are clean because of the word. But they were not born of the spirit. They had received the word, it had cleansed them. But they were not born of the Spirit because the Spirit had not been released because Jesus had not been glorified. Had not been released. He had to go up to heaven. That's why he just stops on his passage on Resurrection Sunday morning because of Mary. Because she was staring, waiting. And then he revealed and he tells them, I am going to your father and their father. My father and your father. Go tell the brothers. I am a son. So he, between destruction Sunday morning and Sunday evening, something happened. He went to heaven. And the book of Hebrews says he went to the Holy of Holies. His blood was put there as atonement. Now the work of salvation is complete mm-hmm. because he had a threefold work to do. One on earth, one in hell, and one in heaven. Once it was done, salvation work is over. He comes down and he tells them, now receive the Holy Spirit. Now the spirit is, now man can be actually be born again. So the first one to be set up people to be born again, though the one to whom he revealed first is Mary Magdalene, mm. is not her. It is the disciples. Mm. You need to know the difference. It is Mary Magdalene to whom the announcement is given, but the first set of people to be born again are the apostles in the upper room. And the church begins. Now, the church has actually begun, or a group of people are born again, has been, but the church is not empowered to do anything. They're just born again. You need, that's why he tells these people who are born again, who have received the Spirit, don't leave Jerusalem until you have received from power from above. Then you shall be my witness. Now, you are born again, but you do not have the power. Okay, mm. now let me let me put it across this way so that you understand. 
let's say uh, Pastor Vijay is my son and uh, I'm, I'm a very rich man in the city. Okay, very rich man in the city. And he's going out somewhere. And he's going out for two weeks. And I tell him, don't go until you have taken my credit card with you. Okay, and he doesn't take the credit card. And he goes. He loses his phone. Now, what is happening? He has no money. He has no way to contact me. He is hungry. He is trying all kind of things. You know what has happened? He has no power to witness whose son he is. Mm. And he brings shame to me. Mm. Finally, I get a call from their police station saying that a bache ko pakda hai idhar. Aapka naam bol aapke bache. What is then I said? I said, what are you doing there? What happened? No, I had no money. I lost my phone. I said, didn't you take my card? No, I forgot. Okay, that's exactly what God is saying. You are my children. And I'm sending you out in a very hostile world. Mm. Very, very hostile world. And you have to be the witnesses of my life. And you cannot do it without power. There's no question you are my children. But the fact is that you need power. And that's what the Bible is talking about. When the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. So you will see between Resurrection Sunday... And Pentecost Sunday, they do lots of funny things. They go fishing, they are depressed, and Jesus has to rebuke them. Your hearts are so ardent. Didn't I tell you all these things? Nothing seems to be changing. <laughs> and Peter went, six others or seven others went with him. They all went, they caught nothing. Then he says, little children, did you catch anything? Then Peter says, it is the Lord. And all these things. They're still there. But ten days after ascension, when they were praying on that. In between also they goof up. Between the time Jesus ascended and before the Holy Spirit come, they picked the twelfth apostle also. <laughs> By lots. <laughs> By lots. Whole covenant procedure. By the Lord. The Spirit would have come and told them. They're not waiting for the Spirit. They already decided whole covenant. Last act in their Old Testament is draw lots. And okay, that's a nice man. But he never mentioned after that and little later Paul comes into the picture and you realize this must have been the twelfth man. <laughs> So this is what they do. <laughs> then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit comes and it is a transformation. Are these the guys who ran away? One fellow ran naked. One guy denied Jesus three times. One to a servant God. Standing there fearless. Mm. What changed? Then this, in chapter 3, before the temple, the man was born blame. By the time chapter mm. 3, they are getting beaten up and they are all fine asking for what changed? It is not they were born again. Now they were filled with the power mm. of the Holy Spirit. That is the difference. And that is what they deny. And you cannot deny that. So there are two parts of this. One part is you are born again. That is Jesus breathed. First time he breathed. After that he doesn't come to individually and breathe. But the Spirit of God comes in. We are born again. Second part of the process is we are filled by the Holy Spirit. He comes and fills us. And the evidence of fill. Now let me, simple thing. No? Now we have two cups over here. We have two cups over here. Now, if I were to pour into this cup, what is the evidence it is full? Overflow. It overflows. Right? Hmm. Okay. Till it overflows, you are not sure, sure it is full. Exactly. <laughs> when it overflows, you will say it is stuff, stuff, stuff. It's overflowing. It's spilling. Why? It is okay. full. Okay. How do you know you are filled with the Holy Spirit? 
It's an overflow. There's an overflow. Every time in the book of Acts, whenever there was a filling of the Holy Spirit, there mm. was an overflow. Either they spoke in tongues mm. or they prophesied. Let us go to that Acts chapter 10. Because <laughs> these are um, these are Gentiles. And the first set of people who are all filled with the Holy Spirit, look at exactly what they say. Okay? Verse 44 onwards. 44 to 46. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Now here what's happening. They're being saved and they're being filled simultaneously. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentile. Question, how did they know? For, For they, they heard them speaking in tongues, tongues and praising God. And praising God. Okay, that is it. If they did not hear that, if they did not hear that, they would not have known. They would not have known that these people have been filled. And God did it specifically, uh, usually out of his usual way. He did it for them so that Peter would be compelled to baptize them, accept them as part of the church. Otherwise, they would not have accepted them part of the church because they had this mental block that salvation was only for the Jews and not for the Gentiles. Yes, Pastor Pastor, there's one more question uh, which is related to judgment. Uh, this is There are two questions actually. Uh, we'll look at uh, both of them. This is question number two and question number ten. I'll, I'll we'll come back to question number ten first. Let's, let, us, let us look at question number two, please. In the reference in Matthew chapter, sorry, uh, Matthew. This is question number two. When the Son of Man shall come in His glory, this also concerns the final judgment referred to in uh, the book in the twentieth chapter of the book of Revelation. However, the later part of the chapter refers, in particular, to the judgment on the sinners. The reference in Matthew chapter 25 to the throne of his glory and in Revelation chapter 20 to the great white throne are one and the same. Are they are they one and the same? So how do we decipher between these two judgments? The judgments of okay. sinners and the judgment of saints. Okay, let's go to Matthew 25. When you, we have to see the, the chapter 24 of Matthew are the signs of the end of the days. Mm. Okay. All these things and the son of man coming. We have this picture of rapture taking place. So the picture is primarily that, uh, the saints are gone. The saints are gone. And then you have tribulation. Then you have, uh, the thousand year rule of Jesus Christ. Okay, all these things are happening over here. When you come to chapter 25, okay, now what we are looking at chapter 25 seems to be more of a different time. See, when, when it comes to eschatology, we have to be very, mm. very careful. Mm. Very, very careful. We have to go it like you know, like you you see, look at chapter twenty four, verse thirty. Okay. At the same time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. 
and verse 31. And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from mm. one end of the heavens to the other. So what is it actually talking about? If it is a rapture, then the question is, can all the nations see rapture? Because one will be in the bed and one will, one will be in the bed, the other will be taken away. Taken away. So we have to be very, very careful. This is where you have all these things about pre-tribulation rapture, mid-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation. This this confusion comes from because we are not able to fully interpret the stuff which Jesus has said. Mm. Said, okay. But if you go to Thessalonians, when Paul is writing about it, you will see every generation lived in the light of rapture. Where he says, but we who are alive will be caught first. So the whole concept here is basically, uh, like when you come to 25, uh, chapter 25, what happens is you'd seem to see Everybody there. Everybody there. But when it comes to Revelation chapter 20, 20. Mm. you don't see everybody there. You don't see everybody there. Because the wedding feast of the Lamb is already over. Mm. <laughs> okay. It's already over because that is in 19. And uh, he has come. Okay. Then he has come. Uh, Wedding is over uh, and he has come down to earth. The final battle, Armageddon, is over. Satan uh, seems to be thrown over there. Okay. But again, what happens is, again, there is, you cannot be very sure over there because in chapter 20, it looks like he has, uh, this, it is before the thousand year period. Yes. Right? Yes, yes. Because, so, chapter 19 looks like rapture took place. Rapture took place. The wedding feast of the Lamb takes place. There is seven year period of tribulation that is going on. Hmm. And at the end of the seventh year period, Christ comes with his saints which seems to be the glorified saints or the bride of Christ. He comes <coughs> and he defeats, throws the devil and all into the, into the cell and he rules for a thousand years. And after he rules for a thousand years, when Satan is released, again he turns all the nations against Jesus and that is when the final end comes. So Matthew 25 seems to be actually be talking about around at the close of it close of it. Because after thousand years also, there is a whole set of people in that thousand years who got saved. Mm. But their salvation is not same like our salvation. Their overcoming is not like our overcoming. We overcame by faith. Mm -hmm. They overcame sight. by sight. Mm. So Matthew 25 could be talking about 20 where the nations which are brought over there are are probably those nations. While well, they also could be the goats from the other side. We are not, we, we, we'll have to wait for yeah, all exactly. these things mm. because you know what? You have to receive by faith there is judgment. Mm. Okay? Because if you, and you only have to, you only 
prepare for the coming of Jesus Christ. Yes. Exactly when it will happen, even Paul was got it wrong. I'm not saying he got it wrong eschatologically, but in his own life, he thought, he, right? Mm. He thought, mm. then later he realized it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Peter later realized it's not going to happen. But it's exactly how God wanted every generation and to live. That mm. is why that date and hour is never. Like we will look at prophecies, prophecies make it much more clear it seems to be happening. Yeah. But when in their, in their times read prophecies, they could only interpret the prophecies in the light of the times <laughs> they, they were living. It. Yes. Yes. So we are looking for the Antichrist to come. They thought Nero was the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. Because they are living in an extremely hostile dispensation. So we are waiting for tribulation to come. They thought tribulation was already here. I mean, you know, so, like, you know, so we are, see, each, each generation looked and read the signs according to their times. But nobody could be correct. We are more correct than them because we have more evidence of things which is not possible for them, to, for it to happen in their times, can happen in our time. Mm. Like so many things which I told about the last days, like there was no, never a nuclear bomb or explosion and certain things which are written in the word of God seems to be like a nuclear holocaust. Yes. It couldn't have in any generation but our generation. The two witnesses will lie on the streets of Jerusalem and the whole world will see them. How can the whole world see them in the old days? Most nations did not even know there was a city called Jerusalem. And there was no way anybody. But today we can see them. We can see them. But we still haven't reached that point where everybody can see them. We are moving towards now. 5G is coming. 5G yeah. has come. 5G is coming. 6G is coming. 7G is coming. It will become so fast. fast. Basically, if you actually have the little I understand about 5G is, what does 5G actually, what is its speed? Images. Images. At the speed of light. It's images. Right now, what Bits is, of data. what is, uh, delayed? Images is delayed. Images is delayed. If it is an audio broadcasting, you don't get that much delay. It is an image that is 45 seconds is for the image. So what is actually 5G, 6G, 7G doing? It is actually making prophecy true. Everybody will be able to see these people lying there at the same time. So exactly. people are thinking we are going to 6G. God says, I'm allowing it so that you can fulfill my prophecy. That's one thing when I read about 5G and one thing got me. Images can be uploaded and this thing very fast and the first thing that came into my mind was that exactly that's what happens in the book of Revelation. Images will be able to be seen very fast because what I understood, because what I know, even when we are having live worship over here and I'm checking it on YouTube, there is a delay of 30 seconds, 40 seconds. And it is because it is the images which is delayed. And you know, so you need to realize all these things are there. Okay, But the Bible only tells us to prepare for the appearance of Jesus Christ. Mm. That is okay. The only way we will be actually walk in righteousness and godliness is preparing for the appearance of Christ. You go through the new covenant and you will see they are always connected. Those who are longing for, for the appearance. The crown, Paul will say this crown of righteousness is for those who are longing for that. Not only me, but all those who are longing. That changes everything. As long as that's in there, you are saved, hmm. but you are not sanctified. 
you are not sanctified. To this sanctification process, there is, I mean, if it were to come absolutely, totally sure, 100% God says, October the 16th, 9 in the morning, 9.15 in the morning, <laughs> I am coming, everybody will be on time in church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Not a single person would be late. Mm. For once, we'll have 100% attendance with nobody late. Worship team is on late. Everything begins on learn. Everybody's eyes at 9.50. Let us worship and go with him. This is what happens. You read Jude. You read Peter. You read John. You read Paul. Everybody will say, what changes you is the appearance of Jesus Christ. And that is kept secret. <laughs> that is kept secret. So you have to live in anticipation because if you were to set a time, you'll say, ah, so long time left. What is the hurry? That is why that day and that hour. No man, no knows. man knows. So it's, it's slightly confusing because I don't want to get it too deep into eschatology because Matthew 24, 25 and the book of Revelation, you have to go it verse by verse to find it how it falls into place. Even the horsemen, yeah. if you look at the Revelation, way it Matthew is. Matthew 24 Rabbi and, and, um, yeah, and it, Revelation. It, goes, it starts from actually Revelation 4. Mm. And Revelation 4 onwards, it's not in chronological order. Yes. That's a problem with the book of Revelations. Mm. You have to hit your head against the wall to get the order right. It is not easily done. You know. So if you get into eschatology, like if I get into eschatology, all my time will go into it. Because it takes a lot of effort to get it into P. You need the book of Daniel. Yes. You need uh, Matthew 24, 25. You need uh, Revelation 4 onwards. And then you need all the other prophecies scattered here and there. Leave it that to the experts. And, and also the fact that what we did a Revelation series, mm. I think you would have, if you go through them, you would go and do an upgrade of 2.0 Revelation yes, series. Yes, yes, uh, yeah. Absolutely, right? That I mean, was done 10 years or so ago. Now, if I were to again do, do it, I will have to update it. 2, 2.0. With new data has come in, <laughs> 2, so 2, it has to be updated. 2.0. <laughs> it has to be updated. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, that's the issue with that because we are still receiving only information. Okay, mm. we have the word of God. We have been given this. But the problem, the other issue is the world outside is changing. Mm. And as the world technology, knowledge outside is changing, we are understanding that knowledge and we see it see being fitting into this future that was mm. prophesied, future that was prophesied. You know, we are only getting to see what it is like. Mm. You know, so like the trial that would come upon the whole world till COVID lockdown came, we never knew what it could be like. Is it possible? The Noah's world. world was okay. But this world, is it possible for the whole world? It is scattered around the world. But the COVID suddenly opened our eyes. It is possible for the whole world to be locked down. Every nation was shut down. Everything came to a close. It was a trial run. Everything was when Vaccination was made mandatory. People who tried to came, come out were beaten up. Suddenly you realize every nation, from the freest nations to the most authoritarian nation, the system worked the same way. So you were opened your eyes. Before COVID took place, the last time something like happened was supernatural. It was from heaven. It was from heaven. The judgment was from heaven. And the floods gates that were opened from heaven and below was that shut down the world. But this time, second time when it is written, it is not from heaven. 
Okay, so it's not from itself. It's yes, God is pouring out his wrath, but the devil is also trying other kind of stuff. And suddenly we realize, you know what? We went through a trial that mm. came upon the whole earth and whole earth. And let me ask you this question. If you look at the trial that came upon the whole earth, how many people were preserved in it? How many people are there in this 8 billion people who did not get vaccinated? Oh. Mm. How many were preserved? Ask that question. Very important question. Very, how many were preserved? So we trial. Were, very few people came through that trial without getting vaccinated. Because the problem was not so much the sickness. The problem was the, the vaccination. That is why they're hiding all the data of whatever things have happened because of the vaccine. So you were caught between the devil and the deep sea. One was the COVID. It was a man-made disease and nobody knew how to handle it. Weird disease. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side was a man-made vaccine, even more dangerous. Between these two people were caught. And you need to ask yourself, how many people came through without getting COVID or without getting vaccinated? Mm-hmm. How many people came through? Because if you got COVID, you don't know what's happening in your body. Mm-hmm. If you got the vaccination, you don't know what's happening in your body. How many people came through? This is how you have to think. One trial came through. How did we come through? Okay. Hmm. Yes. So you want to take the next question? This is question seven uh, on similarly, similar to yeah. rapture and judgment. It says, uh, uh, the statement being, that is being made here is, rapture is a judgment, though we may not realize it. I have a question. Why is rapture called a judgment? Is it because at rapture, those who are ready will be judged and taken up and those who are not ready will be judged and left behind? No, rapture is a judgment in the sense like those who are taken have escaped judgment. That is being put out in the world, yeah. Yeah, mm. they've been, okay, that's the, those who have not been raptured have been left behind. Now they have to come through the tribulation. There are, if you read the Bible carefully, there are tribulation saints too. Tribulations, saints too. Okay. Now, uh, if you go to Revelation, like if you look at Revelation chapter 3, okay, and verse 10, 3.10 Since you have kept my command to endure, that word endure, okay, it's the most important thing once it comes to rapture. Most important word is endurance. Patiently. I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going to come up on the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'll keep you. Now we go to the eschatology part, not in Matthew, but in Luke. Mm. Luke 21. Hmm. Okay. Verse 32 onwards. He's giving the whole list. Let's read from verse 32 onwards. Till 36, okay? I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. This generation, this generation on which when they are living, these things start to happen. Mm. Okay, we call it in eschatology, we use the term convergence. Convergence meaning Jesus has given many signs. 
these signs have happened randomly through history. But when all these signs start happening together, mm-hmm. you call it convergence. So that generation needs to be very careful. That generation needs to be very, very careful because many signs he gave. But those signs have been happening randomly on and over through the centuries. But when all these signs start happening together, we call it convergence. When that happens, Jesus tells you, I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. And then heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. And then what is he telling us? Be careful. Or your hearts will be weighed down with dissipation, drunkenness, and the anxieties of life that the day will close on you unexpectedly like a trap. Meaning, when these things are all happening, what happens is you will, you will under the pressure, because you don't have endurance, you will go one way or other. Either you will go into dissipation and drunkenness to, to drown the tension, the anxiety, the worry, or the anxieties will cause you to take your eyes of what God is telling you to be prepared for. Wow. Mm. So I said mm-hmm. two ways. Mm. Both pleasure is a danger, pressure is a danger. Mm. You have to endure, come through the middle way with this both. Okay. This is how people will people will know because people wanna forget. And those who know these things will happen, but I should not, I, I cannot drink, I cannot do these things. But the pressure is too much that they break under pressure. That's what the Bible is saying. What happens, that day will close on you unexpectedly like Like a a trap, trap. unprepared. eh? For it will come upon all those who live on the face of the whole earth. That is what is being told to the church in Philadelphia. To Philadelphia and Laodicea are all parallel churches living in the same times, last days. Okay, And what is happening, he's told them, because you chose patiently to endure all these things. You had very little strength, but you held on to my name, held on to my word. He's saying, now careful, look at this. This is what is important. Be always on the watch. Pray that you may be able to escape all that is, all that is about to happen and that you may be able to stand. Stand before, what is that? That's rapture. One, you escape what is coming. Two, when you escape, where are you standing? Before You're not in your grave. You're standing before so that's where thirty. See, Matthew twenty four is not very clear like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, he who endures till the end shall be saved. Okay, so it is more not very clear, but here is very clear. You endure, you will escape. Escape. This is what we call the endurance of faith. We have faith, but endurance has to be built into into faith. Okay, India. Like we have all kinds of car, but if you're going on a very, very rough terrain, what kind of vehicle would you take? You would probably take a four into four kind of a Jeep, yeah. which can handle. But now you look at it, what is it's basically? It's endurance. Mm. You can handle desert, you can handle rocky terrain, you can handle all this kind of this thing because endurance has been built into its system. And that's what God is talking about. You begin by faith, you build your faith, you grow, but you have to build these things into your faith, endurance. And all the trials that we are facing, facing, a lot of kind of trials we face in life, the pressure we face, you pray, nothing is answered, you expect a thing, it is delayed and delayed. But the whole question is, in the process, what is being built into your faith? Endurance is being built into your faith. Like, I'll give you the example. The thing is that, you know, there was Joseph. There was Joseph. 
Joseph had to go through so much suffering. But he's a man of faith. But what is happening is in everything that he's going through, right from his father's house, where his ten brothers refuse to talk to him and they hate him, and he's a youngest brother, so it's a heartbreaking thing for him. From that onwards, what is being built into him is endurance. endurance. He doesn't. Has, mm. Pressure is not decreasing. Pressure is increasing upon him. And as pressure increases, you will realize he is not breaking under pressure. Then one day, one kind of pressure finishes. What is that? The torment, the torture of this thing, the false accusation. It just finishes in. One day it is finished. You are pulled out from the dungeon. The next day you are standing before Pharaoh. You give the Pharaoh the interpretation and the advice. The next thing the Pharaoh says, you know what? I pick you as governor of Egypt. You are second to me and I am not going to concern myself with it. Now he has the pressure of administering a state that is going to go through famine in seven years time. That's not another pressure. That's a pressure. That's a different pressure. And the king depends upon you and the lives of the people depend and upon you. And you can't That's go wrong. Mm-hmm. And you have nobody to ask anybody. Exactly. You are a Jew. You are a Hebrew among Egyptians. You don't have anybody. Okay. But the simple question is that if he had become governor of Egypt at the age of 17, would he have been able to handle the pressure of administration? No. 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 He would have buckled under pressure. That is what we need to understand. When we God is putting us through this, the whole idea is exaltation. Hmm. All exaltation. And when we don't go through that, what happens is okay, like like we use the the parable of the talents. He okay, he gave each one five and three, each one according to their ability. So one thing you need to make five into ten or two into four or one into two is that. In the marketplace, you have to endure. You have to endure. Wow. Because it is not easy. You have to endure. Market doesn't work like that. You have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing. There are certain things. So the guy who made five into ten, by the time the master returned after many, he, you know what, he learned, he studied, he endured. And when he endured, he came and said, yeah. the guy, the problem with the guy with the one was he had no endurance at all. So he just gave it up. So what happens is, when the master comes in, what they are receiving is more than what they brought. He said, oh, you're good. You're faithful. Take charge of all this. So you need to realize, to rule over there, you need certain things to be built into your system. That is not given there as a gift. That is acquired here. Character is not acquired in Mm. heaven. Character is acquired on earth. So there is this process God puts through. When people don't understand the process, you don't understand what God is putting through, it's because they don't understand purpose. Mm. If you go to Romans 8, 28, let's go to 29. Mm. Okay, where's 29? This is what... For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be confirmed to the likeness of his son. And even for his son, nothing was kept away. Because if he had to be perfected, he has to go go through suffering. He had to go through, and it is written, because of his suffering he was perfect. And when he became perfect, he became the source of salvation of all those who would obey him. So Jesus showed us a way. So this is this is something which we need to understand about when we talk about rapture. 
Rapture people are not people who are just holy. See, it is not easy, it is not difficult to be holy. If you take somebody and put them in a vacuum, they will be holy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> There's nothing holy, to be good at all. Yeah, <laughs> holy is to be really, really. See, when you look at Psalm 51 and verse 5. Psalm 51, verse 5. Okay. Psalm 51 was <coughs> yeah. Mm. Surely I was sinful at birth. Ah, uh, no, that's an NIV. NIV. Okay, that's definitely an NIV. Exactly. Shall we go to KJV? NKJV. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity. Now that's a very powerful word. Okay, very powerful word. Meaning, how was I brought forth? How was I shaped? I was brought forth in iniquity, which means everybody. This is what David is understanding. What David is understanding. He says, you know what? Now he's looking in retrospect and he's looking, how did I do all these things? How did I do all these? Why did I do all these things? The reason is every man after Adam was born, he is shaped in iniquity. Iniquity means he's a bend towards evil. Mm. Yes. So everybody is bent towards evil. To the same kind of evil. Some people don't do it because they didn't get the opportunity and the power. Everybody is bent in the same way. That is why the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. For whom? For everybody. Everybody. It's God's mercies is like the sun rising. His mercy. Because if his mercies is not every, every morning, every will be judged for their iniquity. Because iniquity is that I did not sin today. It is only because the conditions were not met. Wow. If the conditions were met, even David would go be a murderer. Wow. So God says, you know what? You are not judged by what you did not do. You are judged by your iniquity. And that's why on the cross, his soul is poured out for our iniquity. Okay, that's what we need to understand. Iniquity is a very powerful mm. word than sin. Sin is the action. Iniquity is it. It like let us say, uh, let me use uh, engineering physical terms. Iniquity is potential energy. Sin is kinetic energy. Mm. Right? The dam is full. All, All you have open. to do is lift one shutter. Oh, that's it. <laughs> dam open. <laughs> You open one shutter, Musi is flooded. Hmm. Why? Because one shutter was open. And the thing is that everybody was born with the dam full. Hmm. The question is, under the right condition, the shutter will be lifted. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) You remember that court case? I don't know where it was, real court case. So this thing about the... The, the guy from the Nazi camp, the sentry, who was being this thing, and the guy who was a prisoner, and the guy who was the, the victim and the yes. perpetrator. And the victim looked at him, and, and he basically, was he was weeping. He said, it was just by the grace of our positions were not changed. changed. Exactly. Because if I had been in, in your place, place I, would been, I would have done the same thing. Exactly. I would have done the same. That is what David is understanding. Mm. David is understanding. He says, you know what? I can't even believe it. I did all these things. Then he realizes, you know what? 
everybody would do the same things and you are absolutely right when you judge every man that none is good no one is good no one seeks because that's how we are born okay and that's where we need to understand the principle of mercy the principle of mercy is one of the most fundamental principles you know what every day god is merciful mm. every day god is merciful because when he looks at the whole mankind everybody is bent so salvation is where there is a change there is a change that whole person new person and after that we have to walk by faith the only way you will overcome is by faith and there's no other way you can overcome this by faith the time faith stops you have already waiting for iniquity to manifest because it is written at the time in spring when kings go, go to battle war. so that is the leading of faith faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of god so you will see this is what you are supposed to do in faith when you don't do that it's just a matter of time iniquity will take over hmm while the entire army including job who is out there nobody felt that way exactly nobody felt that way. nobody felt that way. okay that is where faith comes in there's, there's no other way you can overcome you want to overcome the way is one look at positionally what jesus has done second functionally live by faith you cannot functionally live by faith until you know positionally he's broken it on the cross so these two things apply one he taken it therefore i am free two he has taken it now i will walk in my freedom by faith that is why romans 14:23 says whatever is not of faith is sin which means whatever is of faith is not sin, sin. yeah and you are pure led by the spirit you are not under the law hmm. because the knowledge of sin comes from the law you know not even under the under the law so to walk by faith is to be led by the spirit so they all come together that's the only way there's no other way to live and then when we don't flip from faith to sight the way is go back for mercy go back to mercy know who god is that's a fundamental first and the most greatest knowledge of god a man should have is god is a god of mercy you don't have that knowledge there's no turning back you will not know where to go that is the knowledge of god david has so when first samuel 36 he says he strengthened himself in the lord what is he strengthening himself of he has knowledge of god's mercy i'm telling you why i said this is because there are certain things which you need to know from where david is turning back go to first samuel chapter 13 i want to show you something okay when he is in the philistine camp okay you know he went into the philistine camp he is now the servant of the philistine king he gave him ziklag okay it's chapter 27 verse 8 onward this is what you have to realize those 16 months what david is doing and david and his men went up and raided the geshurites the girsites the amalekites for those nations were the inhabitants of the land of the old as you go to shur even as far as the land of egypt outwardly what he's doing is he is fighting the enemies of israel, israel. Mm. but that's not what he's doing inwardly mm. watch whenever david attacked the land he left neither man nor woman alive but took away the sheep the oxen the donkeys the camels and the apparel returned and came to ashur what did he do he killed everybody 
no, no slaves also no killed everybody no witnesses mm-hmm. no witnesses now look at verse 10 then akhi should ask him where have you made a raid today and david would say against the southern area of judah, judah. or against the southern area of the jeramelites or against the southern area of the kenites he's lying is going after the enemies of israel but when akish asks he says i went against israel and there are no witnesses because every witness has been killed to perpetrate a lie so this is therefore is murder okay then, okay mm. perpetrate is murder uh, or, or his lie his mm. cover up destroying them is okay that is part of your anointing to destroy the kings of the israel but your intention is completely mm. different your motivation is completely different and you are lying to the king of the philistines okay and they would would save neither man nor women alive to bring news to god saying lest they should inform on us saying thus david did and thus was his behavior all the time he dwelt in the country of the philistines he acted like a philistine he lied he cheated he killed he murdered he stole and what's your and what is akish thinking so akish believed david saying he has made his people israel utterly abhor him therefore he will be my servant for ever now this is what the mafia does when mafia recruits a young guy new guy one of the first things he is told is to kill somebody from the mafia somebody from the mafia snitched on the boss and he is brought he is tortured and this thing and then something they will do new recruit in mafia and they all know each other they all he says prove your loyalty take a gun initiation kill him david is being initiated in the philistine camp it is from there he turns back and god forgives him because he understands who god is god is a god of mercy you don't understand it you will never be able to turn back you will wallow and sink in your sins and your misery if you do not know who god is because you have to approach god first you have to cross the mercy gate then only you come to the gate of grace that is the power you need to overcome so he crosses mercy gate in verse 6 and then reaches the grace gate in verse 8 you cannot go to verse eight unless you have mercy first he says shall i pursue his knowledge of god is so powerful that's why god says a lot of people just perish because they don't know who i am who i am i am right here willing to forgive me and you look at your sins and says i cannot be forgiven and you die because you don't know who i am david knew who is god is he you these are fundamental things which you need to know that's why you need to learn the life of david david knew who god was and david knew who man was this is who you are and this is man who was shaped in iniquity brought forth in sin this is who man is and this is who you are you know who you, we are and you know who you are and on that basis of it he comes and he never makes any defense of himself mm. if you look at him he never defends himself at any point any time he's caught with his hand in the cookie jar he never defends himself he will always say i was wrong you are right you are absolutely right to judge me the way i was all i'm asking for is mercy all i'm asking is for mercy these are important things you know why because this is how people come back because a lot of people don't come back they don't come back because they don't know god they don't know god they don't understand because they think about this god as a very angry vengeful raging god he's not he's a merciful god but you need to come back 
You need to come back. And then ask for grace so that you overcome. You overcome. You overcome your flesh, the Amalekites who stole your destiny. You, I Lord, I don't want to go this route again. I'm just sick and tired of this life. Would you now give me the grace to overcome? Hmm. And God says, of course, I am for you. If you go to Exodus 17, 34. Amalekites. Pastor Vijay will not do digits, I can remember only one digit. <laughs> Fourteen. Look at that. Then the Lord said to Moses, no, no, write, read that. This, write this for a memorial. It's the, the first book. time God uses the word in the Bible, right? right. Till then God has only spoken. Mm-hmm. The first thing that is written is as God. a command from God by man to write is the fact that I will fight the Amalekites from generation to generation. I will fight flesh. Mm-hmm. First thing he writes. Before in chapter 20, when the mountain writes, and all to write, he says, write this fact about me. I'm against flesh. I'm a lake. Write it as a memorial. Because this is important. Because what changes history is when Moses writes. Till then, it is spoken by man to generation to generation what God has spoken. Once Moses writes, and he starts writing. We have what is called the supremacy of the written scripture. And then it is written. It cannot be changed. It is, till then it was only spoken. Mm. Okay. From Adam till Moses it was spoken. Then Moses writes. And when Moses writes he goes all the way back to the beginning and starts writing. So that becomes the word of God. So when you are faced in your crisis, you need to know what is written. Like we saw on Friday, the basis of your foundation of your faith is based on the word of God. Faith comes from hearing, but hearing from the word of God. What is the word of God? What is written? What is written? This is the basis. Okay, The written is very, very important. This is very, very important. What is written? That's how you endure. How do you, how, how are you able to stand? No, because I heard, no. Before I heard, it was written. Mm. And what I have heard agrees with what is written. Therefore, heaven and earth will pass away, but not even a dot. It is not talking about what he is speaking, what he has written. The all-powerful God has limited himself in the dealings with man by his written word. So I can stand on it. It is written, and I am standing on it, and I believe. So you go to Jonah 4.2. Jonah says, I know Mm -hmm. this is who you are. How did he know? Who did he reveal it to? He revealed it to Moses. When Moses said, show me your glory, God said, I will show you my glory. You stand, I will hide you. And God said, this is who I am. Kind, merciful, gracious. This is who I am. And So Jonah is able to go back and say, it is written. This is who you are. This is your name. Mm -hmm. This is your name. This Mm -hmm. is who you are. Mm -hmm. So if you do not know what is written, no, we do not know what is written. That is how even the basis on which the yeah. prodigal also returns yeah, to the yeah, father. Yeah, right? you know, the knowledge of his father. The knowledge of, of who God father. is. How do we return? We don't know who God is. Exactly. What if your knowledge of God is wrong? Mm-hmm. Okay, You will not go back. Either you will go back on false assumptions and find he is not there. Mm-hmm. Or you go, don't go back because your knowledge of him is faulty. 
These are important things. You know, important things to fight through and come through this. Yes, let's go back to the question once again. Yes, seven. Question number seven. Yeah, okay. That's why rapture is a judgment in a way. In a way, it, yes, it is a judgment because a division has been made. Okay, when you say first rank, this person, second rank, when you say this person, a division has been mm. made between two people. Yes. Right? Between one and the rest, then two and the rest. So in the rapture, one set of people have been taken. What does it mean? Another set of people have been left behind. So there are saints who go in rapture. And if you read the book of Revelation, there seems to be saints who are called tribulation saints who come through after having washed their robes in blood. They are the multitude. So tribulation also lots. But people will say that is not the church, that is the Jews. Personally, I don't agree. I do believe there will be the Christians, Jews, people who will believe after the saints, the prepared ones left. A lot of people will believe. A lot of people will believe. Because they all heard, they believed, but they never prepared, never took action. See, faith, there are many factors that completes faith. They never took action of being prepared for his coming. But there were a set of people who took action for his coming. So they were taken. And the ones who heard and believed but did not take action, now starts taking action. But the problem is now there is no protection. You will have, have to die. To go through. You mm. either have to succumb to this side or yeah. you will have to die. And they choose to die. Oof. They get it very clear. It's not worth to succumb. Long term, eternal, you lose everything. Because the Bible says, anyone who takes the mark of the beast, this is it. But the beast says, anyone who does not mark, take my beast mark, it. you will die. Yes. So you have to choose between two deaths, temporal or eternal. And many will choose temporal, many will choose eternal. The pressure comes. But God says, you can escape. When that comes, you can escape. Hmm. And we all went through a process. COVID was a process of preparing, preparing to go through. COVID, famine, war, this you can look at as negatives, if you are the last generation, or you can look at it positives to prepare me to come through. Because each one, when it comes through, and you look at yourself, how did I come? Did I come through? Or did I fall under pressure? The next one is coming. Did I go through? Or did I, I fall under pressure? pressure? What is happening deep inside? Endurance is being built. You are being road tested. <laughs> you are being tested. And you realize, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Otherwise, you would not know. You would not know. Your endurance is being built in. And the next time another comes, because you have a history, I came through this, I'm able to come Your through this also. Your faith is being built, built up. up. Mm. Yes, Pastor Vijay? I think we can stop it. We can stop there? Yes. So, uh, uh, we will stop here today. And uh, those who joined in late, we had to start a little early because... Mr. Vijay has another appointment, but you can go back and listen from the beginning. Okay, so in the same way, all kind of crazy stuff is happening in the world. We do not know which way it will turn. Like October is 15 days. They always talk about an October surprise when elections are, because, you know, the people in power in every nation are so power hungry. They will do anything to hold on to power. That is why we have to be very prayerful because November elections is coming in U.S. 
and the democrats may lose the house may even lose the senate so they may try to do something crazy or push vladimir putin to do something crazy that's the thing they they actually invited him into ukraine literally gave him the gave him the this thing now the thing is that we don't want a nuclear conflict because the nature of a nation any nation is that like if there suddenly a nation is pulled into a war even if you don't like the leader people just go rally, with the rally with, rally with the leader they don't want to change the status quo when a war is going on and that is the danger these people may precipitate a crisis to win the elections because they are desperate and when people are desperate they do crazy things that is why we have to pray lord the only entity on earth which has the power to change world events is the church because the church is able to reach on to the spiritual realm the other side uses sorcerers and witchcraft and everything with all that things they can do the difference is we have in this is which the simple things which people do not understand is the, like we keep saying the invisible controls the visible jesus said if you bind anything on earth shall be bound in heaven so why did he say that because he says heaven's controls the earth there's a realm 2 and there's a realm 3 and realm 2 controls a lot of stuff happening over here and i give the church the authority to bind them you bind them there i will bind their work here what you release on there i will release on here so the church has but the church has come to that point of faith to believe that i can do it they have to hear from god they have to believe it and they have to do it and that's what elijah did he bound the prophets of baal on mount carmel mm. they shouted they screamed they prophesied they cut blood they shed they cut them they shed blood they could not get the realm second realm to move because elijah through the power of god had shut it down they couldn't do a thing at all and then when the time came he opened up and he brought the rain down so you see the first time the principle of binding and loosening taking place on mount carmel on mount carmel these are principles which we need to understand but first we need to know understand and grow in faith in our own personal situation learn to apply it because these are all that's what the bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal they are mighty in god for the pulling down where are the strongholds they are all in the spiritual realm we have to we have to we have to it's a battle and we are running for a crown running for something that will last all of eternity you have to look at that if you don't look at eternity i am saved i am satisfied with that god said fine each is your call everybody can choose their call amen let's pray pray for us father in heaven we just want to thank you lord for this day lord our hearts are filled Thank you Lord for speaking to our hearts. Thank you Lord for exhorting us and encouraging us and showing us oh Lord that you are a God who's full of mercy and compassion. That Lord that you do not desire anyone to perish but everyone to be led to repentance and to brought to life. I pray Father that Lord our lives will be a testimony of your mercy and of your grace oh Lord. And Lord that we will truly Father in the light of all that we have heard will be those people who will prepare themselves and build themselves and lord be those people who long for your for your appearing oh lord will be prepared will be rapture ready 
Thank you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you would bless each and every one of us. The words that have been spoken to us will bear fruit in our lives and he will bring a harvest even a hundredfold. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And if, Lord, you choose to give us yet another day in the land of the living, and Lord, that you will grant us the opportunity to find our way to your church on time, and Lord, be ready to receive from you and to prepare ourselves continuously for your coming. We thank you. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh